The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Ranking weeks continue. It's Thursday, March 12th. Just two days left to vote, players. Go vote. Don't forget to vote. And then wipe off your cleaning station when you go vote, because you never know what could happen. Uh, just kidding. Most players, most uh, NFLPA members will be voting from home, online. They'll be voting on the new CBA March 14th. March 16th, franchise tags. March 18th, free agency starts. The new league year begins. And we're going to discuss some defensive backs, edge rushers, and linebackers, defensive players, if you will, with Brian McFadden. Uh, also, some more Tom Brady news. Gronk got a new deal. And rule changes. But first and foremost, let's dive right into... Uh, free agency chatter. BMAC, my guy. How you doing, yes, sir? What's up, Will, man? It's a great day to be alive, man. It's a <laughs> it lot is to a talk about. Day. No it question. It's a great day it's to be alive. a lot to talk about. Hey, uh, you've been a free agent before, right? Yes, sir. What was it like? Um, so were you, did you, you played, you were drafted by the Steelers, won a Super Bowl at the Steelers on your rookie contract, and then signed with the Cardinals as a free agent. Is that right? Yes, sir. Uh, after my fourth year, well, yeah, finishing up the fourth year when we beat Arizona, that was my first opportunity to become a free agent. And, uh, you know, it's a good feeling. You, you know, you're going to get some type of new money. Yeah. Uh, you know, certain players don't get what they would like to get, but you know, you're, you will get in a raise. Uh, you know, hopefully it's a, a significant raise. And for me, I just, you know, knew I was going to see a new contract. So I was extremely excited about that. Okay, so actually, yeah, you won. So you won. I know you won a Super Bowl your rookie year because we talked about that a bunch. Then you won your last year before free yeah. agency. So your free agency year was 2012. Uh, my free agent year was off season of 2009. 2000. Okay, so the, okay, the, the 08 defense was the great defense that won the Super yep. Bowl, yep. and then that helped propel all you guys, a bunch of you guys. I mean, that's what happens when you win a Super Bowl. Guys get paid. Um, am I am I am I wrong on my timeline here? Was there a did Ray did Ray Horton jump and become the DC in Arizona or no no Ray stayed in Pittsburgh actually okay. Ray went to Arizona when I was done in Arizona okay I didn't know if there was some crossover there how like how did you end up in Arizona what was the was it just something uh, like Ken Wisenhunt the Ken yeah Ken uh, Wisenhunt remember right. our first Super Bowl in 05 my rookie year Ken Wisenhunt was the OC at that time yeah and then Ken left. And two thousand going into two thousand seven season when when Kyle retired, 
Remember, we they uh, the Steelers hired Mike Tomlin, passed on Ken Wisenhan. He ended mm. up going out to Arizona. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he took so yeah he was one of the Ken was one of the can, candidates to be the head coach in Pittsburgh. They went with Tomlin, and so he decided to take the head coaching position in uh, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that right? Or did he jump yep. before Coward jumped? And he, no, it, doesn't, he, it doesn't matter. He, the he point left. Is, yeah, I, I think you know what I, I will. I think Ken left in 06 after the Super yeah. Bowl. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, so, the, but the point being is like for you, there was not to mention you were getting paid, but there was also a certain comfort level knowing who you're going to work for, even if you hadn't yeah, worked under Wizen Hunt no directly. Question. Yeah. No question. You know, just understanding Wizard Hunt being around him, uh, Wizard Hunt being around me. And that's why we usually see in free agency uh, all sports, not just football, but basketball, you know, baseball. You usually see players they are chasing every dollar, Will, but they're also going into a familiar situation. Granted, it could be an assistant coach or a head coach or front office individual they're going to a situation where they know someone there and that can usually make that transition smoother yeah and by the way that's yeah so mike tomlin hired in 2007 that's insane that is such a long time to coach a professional football team mm-hmm. like it's oh, like no it's question, crazy right? it's crazy how long he's been there uh they never had Hunt. one losing season by the way remember that that's right and people and people Chabronis, i might have done it too i can't remember people were still putting him on the hot seat like what are we doing the guys never had a losing season been there since 07 People just yeah. get bored. Uh, yeah, Kim Wisenhunt took over Arizona in 07. Um, did you – was it like playing golf a factor? Or like when – like or did you did you let teams court you? Or were you just like, hey, agent, whoever was your agent at the time. Did you have Rosenhaus? Yeah, I had Rosenhaus. Yeah, okay. So were you like, hey, Drew, go get me the most money. I like Arizona. If they'll pay me, let's go. Or like what yeah, was the it, deal? You know what, what was crazy is because I knew a few guys that were playing in Arizona during the season. And uh, I was hearing that, you know, they might, you know, be, you know, a, a team that would be looking for my services during the season. Right. Ooh. Yeah. So and this was like some of the player conversations I were having with some of the guys out in Arizona. And rem- also, too, there were a few people that were a part of Pittsburgh that went out with Ken um, to Arizona, you know, assistants and players. So what happened was I was hearing these rumors and then eventually as time you know, got closer to that free agent period to start. I started hearing, you know, the rumors, they started to intensify. But all, I had to wait for Kurt Warner because at that time, Kurt Warner deal was up and they already informed, you know, all the agents that we're not doing anything with any, any other player until we find out what we're going to do with Kurt Warner. Oh, interesting. So you were sort of in like a Tom Brady, like, not full Tom Brady, but a Tom Brady like holding pattern in yeah. terms of being able to sign. You had to wait for Kurt Warner to uh to get locked down that's kind of fascinating yeah yeah and that's usually the case when it comes to free agents uh non it doesn't matter the position usually the top guy dictates what happens with other players like and right now with tom brady nothing will move until tom brady decides to go elsewhere or stay in new england so now the other quarterbacks that we've been talking about the entire offseason they're gotta they gotta wait they gotta wait so hopefully for guys like teddy bridgewater um, you know, Philip Rivers, uh, some of the quarterbacks that could be available, Jameis Winston, they they need to hope that Tom Brady signs fast because the mm. longer he waits uh, his ordeal out, they have to wait also. That's a good point. Uh, okay. So I would, I would like, if it were me, like if I were an NFL free agent, like I think geography would kind of dictate my interest and maybe mm. maybe tax rates too. Tax rate. No question. No yeah. question. 
Um, what do you think about Tom Brady? All right, so we've talked a little bit about this, and you mentioned the demands and, and, and what people wait for and how people wait for Tom Brady. Um, we've we've uh, we've heard a rumor now. Diana Rossini of ESPN reported uh, that Tom Brady has uh, two things that he wants from the teams. One, control over the roster, and two, he wants to be part of the making the decisions on the play calling. Uh, a, well, actually, you know what? Do you think those demands are fair? <laughs> I mean, if you're Tom Brady, no question they're fair. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, oh, think yeah. about this. Tom Brady has been in the league, what, 20 years? He has. Yeah, very close to it. Yeah, close to 20, if not 20. Well, this is his first time ever becoming a free agent. So right now, Tom Brady and he's a hot player still. Granted, he didn't have the year that we've seen in years past, but he has six championships. So, yeah, Tom Brady may only play two more years, but he has all the leverage, all the power. So for him to ask, uh, ask for those, uh, you know, type of responsibilities and, and, and options. Yeah, I think it's fair. Okay. What do you think? What do you think about the idea of like Tom Brady going in and telling the Chargers or Titans or whoever, the Raiders, whoever else it is outside the Patriots? He's like, Hey, look, I want to bring in my trainer and all his weird avocado ice cream stuff. And I'm going to bring in my production crew, 199 productions that I just started out in LA and they're going to film everything that happens. If you, if you are willing to let me do both those things, I'll sign with you. Do you think that's a fair ask? Now, see, the thing about bringing in a production crew, that could bring distractions, right? Oh, yeah. And, and, and that would be something we would have to talk about because, granted, it's a team sport, and we don't want anybody to feel like you're bigger than the team. You're not bigger than the organization. We know you have championships, but you're not bigger than the team, the ideal of a team. So bringing in a production uh, a company to follow your every move – especially the week of preparation getting for getting ready for games is something that could become a distraction now if you want to do this during the off season you know otas you know mini camps okay but training camp no we got to slim we got to cut that down a little bit and i think the professional guy and how focused and dialed in tom brady is if that wasn't something he would like to have i think he would be willing to compromise to make sure there's no distractions involved and look, that's hasn't been reported. That's sort of my theory based on his production. Like he's announcing this production company. It's sort of linking into L.A., et cetera. I think that he will, for a team that might not have a great chance at landing him just out of football reasons, he'd be willing to lean on him for those reasons as well. As far as like control over the roster and decision-making on play calling, if you bring in Tom Brady and you're not giving, get, letting him have input into who he's throwing to and, and like what t- sort of plays he's running, then why are you bringing in Tom Brady in the first place? You know what I mean? That should be a given. I'm right there with you. Uh, that should be a given. The experience he has being around quality play callers in his professional career, he understand, understands the game um, as also very, very good. He's a, he has a good understanding of the game. Yeah, you want to lead to him. I mean, nine times out of ten, Will, I mean ten times out of ten, whatever <laughs> team Tom Brady is going to, he has more championships than probably everybody on the roster combined. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like 30 <laughs> out of 32 times. Yes. Yes. Right? I mean, yes. yes. Um, so there's also some reports out there that uh, the Titans are focused not on Tom Brady. Instead, according to Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, they are uh, focused on signing Ryan Tannehill. Do you do you? OK, good. No, go ahead. Do you what would you do if you're the Titans? That, that is true. I've heard that also. Yeah, lovely. Thanks. People. But but. The caveat with that is if Tom Brady tells the Titans, I want to come play for you, 
Tennessee is going to abort the Ryan Tannehill ideal. They want Ryan Tannehill. They would love to sign Ryan Tannehill to a nice three or four year deal is what I'm hearing. Worst case scenario, franchise him, but they want Ryan Tannehill to be their starting quarterback. But if the GOAT, if Tom Brady says, you know what, I want to take my talents down to Tennessee, <laughs> we're sorry, Ryan Tannehill. It's hard. You can't. Yes, Tom Brady has two years left, right? We know that. At Top, best case scenario, yeah. I think tops. Yeah, but okay. if you're Tennessee, if 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 Brady if if Brady says I'm sorry, Brady has t- two years tops left, I believe in his career. If Brady says I want to go play, I want to come down to Tennessee and play. Tennessee's going to take him open his offer if they can find quality numbers contract wise. Yeah, but I I I have I've heard the same thing you just read uh, that Tennessee they would love for Ryan Tannehill to be the guy going forward. But it's all about what Tom Brady wants to do. So there's an interesting way that you could do this, and it would be a total a-hole move if you're the Titans. But because of the way – and we talked about this with Jonathan Jones yesterday. So the schedule for the franchise tag is such that now it's been adjusted where the you're allowed to franchise tag guys up until 11.59.59. So, like, you have until the last second before noon on Monday. In theory, you could alert Ryan Tannehill that you are franchise tagging him at like 11:45, and just sort of because like and then and he's got a because you can rescind that tag unless he signs it, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So you could you could then like immediately rescind the tag if in the next 20 minutes you talk to Tom Brady like you call Brady as soon as legal tampering opens at 12 o'clock you're like Tom we need an answer right now will you come to Nashville? And if he's like I'm I'm in I'm in on Nashville you could rescind the tag before Tannehill signs it it would be a yeah. Horrible PR and like a, t- again, a total a-hole move to do it, but you could do it if you were the Titans. There's no that little window to pull it off. And therefore you, you definitely get, you know, one, of the, one of the birds that you're trying to hit. You know, you heard the, yeah. the, the saying kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. That franchise tag can actually help the Titans. Like, of, of course, if we don't get Tom, we got the franchise tag on Ryan Tannehill. Now let's go to, let's start negotiating a deal with Ryan Tannehill. Yep. But if, we put the franchise tag on Ryan Tannehill. Tom Brady says he wants to come to, to uh, Tennessee. Ryan has yet to sign that franchise tag. They can rescind that tag. You remember a few years ago uh, when Josh Norman was going yeah. into his fifth year? They yeah. franchise tagged Josh Norman, and then they rescinded the tag, took it away. Yes, you're right. Yeah, that can happen. Jo- no, yeah. Josh Norman started barking about how yep. he wasn't going to show up, and, and Dave Gettleman got all pissed off and just yanked the tag. And everybody was like, what, what do you mean you're yanking the tag? Like, d- just have him play. And, and he became a free agent. He signed a huge deal with the Redskins uh, right after that. The, the, thing that, the thing that is – and I mean, like the one thing you have to worry about is Tannehill could, and I don't know if I'd have to, I have to look in the CBA and it might change with the new CBA, the methodology for signing the tag. Cause I think you have to actually go in and physically sign your tender. I don't yeah. know if you can submit a tender, you know what I'm saying? So if like Ryan Tannehill's out training in California, I mean, he might have to actually come in and sign his tender versus simply submitting it through email. But I, I would think you could do it via email. I have to look at that. At any rate, like, if I'm Brian Tannehill and they tag me, I'm – I don't know. I mean, would you sign it right away or would you hope that – because, like, if they rescinded the tag on, on Tannehill, he would become a free agent. He would make a ton of money in the in, in the open market. Yeah, I, I think Ryan Tannehill is set up to really see a nice payday, whether it's the franchise tag or contract. But if that scenario happens based on what you just explained to us, if I'm Ryan Tannehill, I hold up. I, I, I don't sign that – well, you know what? 
because the franchise tag for quarterbacks will be around what thirty million? Oh, yeah, you're putting, 30 million? No, it should be yeah. You're, put, you're putting thirty million guaranteed in your pocket. Oh, you know what? Yeah. I would sign that franchise tag right now. And here's why, listeners and Will. Let me know if this makes sense to you. Now, Ryan Tannehill agent could also be aware of the, the scenario you just provided for us. If, right? if, I'm, if I'm aware of it, I, I'm yeah. guessing that Tannehill's agent is too. No question. So I would sign that franchise tag. Now, I don't know exactly the franchise number for the quarterback uh, uh, position this upcoming year, but I would imagine it's around $30 million. So now – is is that accurate? Is, is, is it's uh, I think it's twenty. So for the non, it is uh, well, they, actually they haven't calculated the numbers yet because we don't have a salary cap. Yeah, yeah. So so based on the most I recent think, deals, so I, I think it's I think like over the cap has it at twenty six point eight nine five, but I think it would be closer to thirty based on current contracts and the new CBA and a potential spike in the cap. Okay, so let's say it's around twenty-seven to thirty million dollars. I signed a franchise tag now, and now I know worst-case scenario I'm making twenty-seven, thirty million. But when the Titans try to negotiate, we don't start negotiating if you're not starting off my per-year salary at thirty million. For sure, yeah. You're like, listen, I'll play one and year for thirty million dollars. Let's so, go. So my so my thing is this. That's why I would sign the tag because now the leverage it switches in your favor because most teams do not want to have a player play. And uh, with that ca- uh, that tag over their head because now they kind of straps the cap, but yeah. we only going to negotiate if we're talking the highest number in the franchise tag, which is around thirty million. If not, I play pay I play one year for thirty million. I get right back to the table. Think about this: when Ryan Tannehill got what did he get released or traded to Tennessee? Last traded to, traded to Tennessee by the Dolphins for like uh, chump change. Like a when he got tra- when he got traded to Tennessee, the thought process about Ryan Tannehill, the narrative was he's potentially going to be a backup for some years, right? It was almost like we've seen enough of Ryan Tannehill as a starting quarterback. He already outkicked his coverage by jumping into the lineup, playing well, and now getting ready to see a huge deal. So if someone was to tell Ryan Tannehill when he got traded and the season started, he was a backup next year, there's a good, it's an opportunity you could get 30 million for one year. He would have been like, we all would have been like, how's that possible? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I think, that's why I would sign it because no, yeah. I'll force the Tennessee Titans to negotiate, and we have to start around thirty million off the top. If not, I play for the I play with the tag. Yeah, and remember too, Ryan Tannehill signed a big deal with the Dolphins and played out all but the final year of it. So I mean, like he has been, and he was a first round pick. So I mean, he has been paid to like he's not desperate for money, no, no. which which also helps. Like you you could be like listen, I'll play one year for thirty million dollars. I got a lot of money in the bank. Like I don't no yeah. question. No question. Um, there's a uh, oh, you know what? Speaking of deals. Rob Gronkowski, my phone buzzed multiple times over the last 12 hours with an alert that Gronk is returning to the WWE. I mean, I get it. I understand why we alert it. I understand. I mean, and we, CBS, ESPN, everybody, I get it. I get it. I get the alerts. But do, you need, do I really need that alert? Do I need a <laughs> Gronk going to WWE alert? Like, I've, I've been saying Gronk's going to the WWE for three years. Is it news? He's finally he he finally proved you right. The rap reported it too, citing an insider. He will make his debut on Fox's SmackDown on March twentieth. He will also appear in WrestleMania thirty six on April fifth, leading to a future match, according to the outlet. Uh do you watch do you watch do you currently watch wrestling, B Mac? No. Me either. As a youngster, I used to be a big fan. Uh, Me too. Anymore. 
Yes. Who was your guest? See, so we're we're like we you know who my who know who you know who my go to was. Oh, I I, I don't. Yes, you what? should. Rick uh, Flair. Oh, oh, okay, All right. yeah, I love Rick Flair. He's the greatest. Yeah. He's one of the greatest. Yeah, I mean, I was a Hogan guy, and I loved Warrior too. I, I, I wasn't really a, see back in the day. I'm showing my age. I was a WCW guy. I wasn't a WWF guy. You know, okay. it used to be WWF. Now it's WWE. I was a WCW yeah. guy. So I was a Ric Flair, the okay. Four Horsemen, R. Anderson, Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. Those were my Lex Sting. Luger. Sting. Yes. Old school Sting before he turned into the weirdo with the face paint. Like, remember, yeah. the, remember the Buzz Sting with the short mm-hmm. crop top hair? The scorpion. He would, he had yeah, a scorpion yes. on his tights. Yeah, and he would put guys in the scorpion and just choke him out. Yeah, I don't watch it either. I don't watch it anymore either. But um, it's a big. It's like big. People love wrestling. It's very. Yes, it is. It's, there's nothing wrong with it. Wrestling was. I loved it as a kid. Just don't watch it anymore. So is Grunk a wrestler? Because last time I saw Grunk, he looked real slim. Mm, he did. Uh, hey, let me ask you something. This yep. is off topic, but. If you were an NFL, if you were a, uh, I, uh, what's your, what's your fear level in this coronavirus thing? If you were a, if you were a rookie and you were about to be drafted and you were a likely first round pick, would you A, stay at your home in Florida, which you're like, like, not, I know you're in Atlanta now, but like, mm-hmm. would you stay at your home or would you go to Vegas and hug it out with Roger Goodell on the street? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of hard to not hug it out if you're that okay. type of player. Uh, potential other opportunities. I mean, hopefully by then they have really slowed this thing down a little bit, have some more yeah. answers. And, you know, they have done a pretty good job in, 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 in informing everybody about the situation. So, so right now, because it's, it's, it's all, a little over a month away, I oh, would yeah. be set to go. So you would be planning on going, barring yeah. some major changes. I say this just because, um, the, and this is a, look, it's a different story, but the Golden State Warriors, have decided that uh, they are, this according to uh, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, this like literally just happened as we're recording, the Warriors are going to play foreseeable home games without fans in observance thanks to an order from the San Francisco Health Office's uh, health office order prohibiting groups of events of a thousand or more from assembling. How would you feel about playing, playing a game of football, professional football, uh. in an empty stadium? I would be difficult. Now, the thing is, we've pra- had practices or scrimmages where the fans were not available um, or were not able to go into the game. So we've had that type of format. But knowing it's an actual game, it would be weird. And I think I understand what the Warriors are doing because, you know, they had that uh, that ship out, out there yeah, when, not a, too far from San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that makes sense. And the good – I guess the good thing about the Warriors with this situation with no fans – they're not very, very good right now. Anyway. So, <laughs> they are they're so bad. Yes. They're, they're not a good team. But so. Steph, remember, Steph came back from his uh, – I think he hurt his mm-hmm. hand. And yeah. as Debo knows, I'm an NBA expert now. Uh, uh, he came back from hurting his hand or whatever whatever injury he had, but he's now out like with the flu. And like they're getting peppered with questions like, does Steph have corona? Does Steph have corona? And they keep saying, no, it's just the regular flu. But, I mean, like – I mean, for sure, like I, I would be – you know, I think they're exercising the right amount of caution and you don't want to get, I, I think, I think your answer is the correct one. Like you would, yep. as an NFL rookie, you're like, I am planning to go, but I'm going to play it by ear. And for the NFL, it's going to be tough. I mean, look, I mean, you can't have 250,000 people gathering wow. in the strip to watch the draft. You just, they're not going to be able to do it. If the draft were today, they would not be allowed to do that. Or some, like somebody would step in and be like, this can't happen. 
And think about the money that will be lost. Oh yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, you gonna go to the draft? Would you? Would you, Bryant McFadden, in your current age, would you go to the draft? Like if you like. If if it if it if it was this weekend, no. Yeah. But April, you're still taking a wait yeah, and see like approach. Yes, yeah, it's still a, uh, over a month away, so you know a lot, a lot could happen, and that's what we all got to hope for. Even with not, even without that event being scheduled, just when it comes to you know livelihood, we all got to hope every day there's a a positive piece of news, and then every week there's a positive piece of news to kind of keep everybody optimistic that this thing is, uh, you can beat this thing sooner than later. All right, sorry for pivoting to a corona. I keep bringing up corona. I like it. It's got me. It has me unusually, uh, I don't want to say agitated, it's the wrong word, but like a little frothed up here. Like this, I don't usually get bugged out by this sort of thing, and, and it, this one's kind of got me going. Yeah. Uh, You're not alone. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah thank you. Turn on the TV. Um, rule changes. The NFL is looking at the owners' meetings are coming up. One of them is coming from the XFL, basically. Uh, instead of being able to attempt an Onside kick, or instead of attempting an onside kick, a team who is losing can instead elect to attempt to gain a first down on fourth and 15 from its own 25. If successful, the team maintains possession from the point at which they get the first down. What do you think about that? Whoa, whoa. Because you might have to repeat that. Oh, this again. is whoa, whoa. AAF. This is AAF. Oh. Yeah, really okay, this was the AAF. So in, so in other words, like let's say you're down seven points. Yep. Steelers are down seven points uh, with six minutes or four minutes to go. And you don't want to kick an onside kick because you don't think you can recover it. You could go for it on fourth and 15 from your own 25. If you fail, the other team gets the ball there. If you if you go for it, you would maintain possession if you acquire the first down. It would it would involve. Mm, I don't like it. Okay, explain why. The reason why I don't like it, because. The thing about the onside kick is very, very difficult. That's why we don't see a lot of successful onside kicks. I think the 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 likelihood of you converting a fourth and fifteen is better than the likelihood of you converting an onside kick. That is true. And we saw a few onside kicks uh, recovered this past year. Uh, I remember Atlanta had a game. I think it was against the Saints. They recovered quite a few onside kicks. But the likelihood of you getting an onside kick, I mean, you can go back. I don't know what the numbers would be researching-wise going back to last year, the year before that, the year before that, you don't usually see a lot of successful onside kicks. So I, as a defensive player or as a coach or just as a fan, because any given time your team could be on the opposite end. No, the thing about fourth and 15, yes, they're backed up. But how many times have we seen penalties, regardless if they're the right call or the wrong call, extend drives? Mm. That's that's a very good point. You're not going to get a pass interference penalty call on an onside kick just no. because, you know, that's how it works. You could, on a fourth and 15, just say, F it, we're throwing deep and hope you draw a pass interference penalty. Um, when they changed the rules, Pro Football Talk noted, uh, onside kicks had dropped from 21% recovery to 6% recovery after yes. they changed in 2018, 2019. On the fourth and 15, um, over the last 10 years, there have been 60 attempts where teams go for it on 4th and 15, which is not very many. Just 16 of those have been successful, but that's 26.7%, 2 of 7 in 2019. That's according to NFL research. So you would go from essentially 
21% onside kick recovery to the rule change down to 6% back up to something in the range of like 27%. Yeah. I think the reason the NFL would consider it is because it would add an, an, an element of excitement and allow it teams would. to excitement and frustration at the sure. same time. Yeah. Because and, well, it's and not look, about... Yep, no, no, go, go ahead. ahead. Okay. I was going to say that, like, from a defensive offensive perspective, too, like, let's say you're a team that doesn't have a good defense, you're at a, hum- a oh, tremendous disadvantage, right? Yeah, as a fan, you had a disadvantage. As a team, you had a disadvantage. And then we talked about the penalties. It's not just about pass interference penalties, Will. What about illegal contact? A five-yard penalty yeah. that will first give down. you an automatic first down. Or what about rough? You see how they protect the quarterbacks. What about roughing the passer? We've seen a lot of bad roughing the passer calls from last year. And a lot of them were weren't warranted, a lot weren't. But they will extend drive, so that's why I don't like it. No. And like as a defensive back, I would assume that in that situation, fourth and fifteen, you're up seven, there's three minutes left on the clock, they don't have any timeouts, you're gonna be like almost too cautious. Standing on eggshells. Yeah, because you don't wanna to move. You don't want to give up a deep play, but you also mm-hmm. don't want to give up a pass a interference penalty. No and so, like, you might ease back and allow somebody to go up top on you, and then all of a sudden they're streaking down, they go for two, they win the game, and you're getting blasted on social media. Uh, okay. A couple more rule changes. Let's see. Uh, oh, they want to restore preseason and regular season overtime to 15 minutes and uh, implement rules to minimize the impact of the coin toss. That's from Philadelphia. Philadelphia also suggested modifying the blindside block to prevent unnecessary fouls. And Philadelphia, jeez, Philadelphia, busy with these. Uh, Make permanent the expansion of automatic replay reviews to include scoring plays and turnovers negated by a foul and any successful or unsuccessful try attempt. Why is that not already a thing? In other words, if it's a touchdown but it's called back for holding, you review the holding call. Like we're yes. reviewing scoring plays anyway. Let's do it. Or like that is a scoring play, right? Right, but it's not. If, it, if there's a flag, it's not reviewed, and you can't. Re- so like, I think that's sort of what they're trying to go for there. Um, maybe holding is the is the wrong example, but like, do you, it, do you see anything about not allowing games to finish in a tie? Uh, I know you mentioned I, overtime period up to what fifteen minutes, right? I don't think so, but. Yeah, I don't know. Nothing on ties for this year. I hate seeing a tie. I hate seeing a tie. I really hate ties for the end of season math because I do the playoff picture every year. And so, like, I have to figure out, like, which teams are going to be seated which based on which outcome. And this past year, there were tons of ties. And I look like a moron because I was trying to, like, get it all right. It's, like, difficult math to do there. Um, I'm with you. I'm fine. No ties. But I don't want I don't want players to have to play for like it needs to go to, like, some sort of shootout type of thing. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like you, like you don't want to be out there playing 180 minutes of football. I, I, yeah. So my thing is this: <laughs> after, after you know the end of reg, well not regulation, but at the end of the overtime period, let's come. It has to be a, a sudden death type of feel. Um, you know, the first team. Uh, maybe you can implement similar to what college does. The first team gets the ball at the 25 yard line. First team that doesn't score or or, or even, or even, or even what about this? You go, so like Philadelphia proposed move overtime to 15 minutes. So you move it back to 15 minutes. And then if it's still tied after 15 minutes, you just do two point conversions. So yeah. like you do, or do a two point or a conversion from the five yard line. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's like first person, like 
It's like a it's like a, a soccer kickout, basic or shootout, basically. Or, like, oh, let's have a kickoff. I, I like being able to put pressure on everybody. Okay. So let's say you end the end of overtime is still tied. Uh, the the home team or the wait the home team or you do a coin toss to see who kicks first. The, the the team that wins they can decide to kick or defer to the opposing team. You kick off from the forty yard forty five yard line and you, you continue to move it back five yards. And I, therefore. I like- Injuries are, is not in a, it could be a thing because you're not really having competitive 11 on 11 football. It's a special teams play, but it's not the same as having competitive 11 on 11 football. Are you saying a kickoff kickoff or are you said, you know what you could do is you could I have mean, a field goal kickoff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. People would lose their mind. Like, but it would make kickers more valuable. It, and then also to think about the fantasy element with Ooh. your kicker. He now he gets an opportunity to nail an extra forty-five yard kick or a fifty-yard kick. You move kick. it back until one kicker misses. Think about the gambling element of it too. It's like, but so like if you got the over and you're like t- like nine point or you're like seven points shy and it's just bang bang bang, you get three kicks and you're losing oh your mind. Goodness. That yes. actually sounds kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. people. Were, people I, I think it would eliminate the 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 the, the notion the, the notion that. Extra period in overtime, already having overtime period could warrant more injuries, fatigue, might not see quality play. So let's go play overtime like how we've been doing it the last few years. And then if the game ends in the overtime, now we have we have a field goal kickoff. Home team, we do a coin toss. You defer or you want to kick. The first team to miss, that's the team that loses. I like it. Uh, and then two uh, notes, Miami, or uh, real quickly, Miami proposed the option to the the option for the defense to start the game clock on the referee signal if the defense declines an offensive penalty that occurs late in either half. Okay, sure. And then uh, from a uh, umpire perspective, the Chargers and the Ravens both propose these. One, add a, quote, booth umpires and eighth official to the officiating crew. This is a no-brainer. Please do this. Add more officials. Uh, and then, two, add a senior technology advisor to the referee to assist the officiating crew. Again, be- they have so much on their plate. Beef up the officiating crews. It's not that hard. It's okay. not that hard, and I'm right there with you, Will. We're going to take uh, BMAC, as we mentioned, BMAC won Super Bowls while playing as a defensive back. Yes, yes. So two of them. So let's rank yes. after, after the break the top free agent defensive backs. That's what you call a great tease. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You know what? Teases have been an emphasis from um – Debo, Debo's, I tell you what, Debo's getting good at writing these teases. And then I just sort of, I sort of flop around and execute him a little bit and try and try and make him sound, uh, okay. All right. So let's rank our top five defensive back free agents. 
Um, I'm gonna, I'll tell you who your, your list is, and then you can tell me what you like about their game and what, where you think might be a landing spot. Uh, we'll start your number five, uh, free agent defensive back, Chris Harris, former undrafted free agent out of Kansas, picked up by the Broncos, emerged into one of the best, not just slot quarterbacks, but all around quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, you remember early on in his career, many people just, you know, saw him as a slot guy, and then he was able to, uh, you know, just erase that narrative about his game. Uh, savvy guy, uh, you know, 30, still young when it comes to cornerback years, nine-year vet. I think he has the most experience out of any, you know, defensive back that would be available, uh, 139 games played uh, for Chris Harris Jr. The thing I like about Chris Harris, uh, he's a very, very instinctive player. And he's a silent leader. The mm. way he goes about his game, the way his actions display the le- his leadership is very, very much known. And he's a playmaker. He is a playmaker in today's NFL game. You have to have at least three guys that can cover well. But that guy that's in between the numbers, he needs to be a quality all-around guy that can cover and tackle. And Chris Harris has that ability. I think Chris Harris would be ideal in this goal. His, his ideal situation would be a playoff-like team, a team that could be two or three pieces away from being a deep playoff-like team. Also, he can help tutor some of the younger guys. So I have a few teams on the list for Chris Harris. Mm. Uh the Jets, I think they're going to be in play to improve their secondary, especially at the the cornerback position, losing Tremaine Johnson, uh, the Houston Texans as well. We saw some issues in their secondary, especially with all the injuries. They definitely need to address the cornerback situation with depth. Uh, the Raiders, I, the thing about the NFL, we usually see a lot of teams trying to get players that they have played against in the division. And Chris Harris has terrorized the Raiders for quite some time, moving moving to Las Vegas. That would be a huge signing. But the ideal team for Chris Harris Jr., as I did my research and I thought about this thing thoroughly, it is the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. Here's why. Number one, their top corner, Byron Jones, he will not be in a Dallas Cowboy uniform in 2020. I do not see that happening. So now you have to replace a guy. You have to fill in, a, bring in a guy that can definitely fill Byron Jones' shoes. And the thing about Chris Harris Jr. will, he would be cheaper than Byron Jones, and he actually probably is a better corner than Byron Jones, and, in my and, opinion. And, and, a, and a veteran guy who is not like you're not going to pay him money and have him come in and flounder in some random system. Like, and he's like he's so good at like playing man-to-man coverage. Like, I think I just think that you can kind of plug him into. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not going to be thrust into onto some roster and just get lost because he doesn't work in their system. Yeah, and also, too, you remember I talked about being able to tutor some of the younger guys. They got some young sure. corners in Dallas that would love to be able to be around a guy like Chris Harris Jr. and learn some of the nuances that he provides. So I think the Dallas Cowboys would be an ideal landing spot. And I think Chris Harris would be okay with that because the Dallas Cowboys, if they can kind of stay dialed in, they have talent to be a playoff team. And I know we heard some rumors about Kansas City Chiefs. I don't see that happening. Uh, because of the money situation, they're going. I believe they will franchise uh, Chris Jones, uh, Fuller, their own uh, Kendall Fuller will be a free agent. I don't see him leaving, and I think being able to to, re, uh, to sign Kendall Fuller would be more ideal for Kansas City because he plays some pretty good football, and he's a slot guy. He's their ideal slot guy. So I don't see Chris Jones, you know, going to Kansas City. Now I, that could happen if Kendall Fuller goes elsewhere. But right now, based on how I see it now, I think the Cowboys would be an ideal landing spot for Chris Jones Jr. All right, uh, number four, Anthony, another Harris, Anthony Harris, 
uh, former Minnesota safety, just 28 years old. I, I think he was also an undrafted free agent. Am I yeah, crazy? From yeah. Virginia. Yeah. Out from of, Virginia. uh, that's right. Yeah. 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 Out of Virginia. But Virginia, by the way, c- kind of quietly cranking out some nice defensive pieces over the last few years. No question. Um, shout out Chris Long. And, uh, he actually, Anthony Harris really emerged this season, led the league in interceptions. Had a defensive score on the back end as well, and generally was an outstanding playmaker on the back end for Minnesota. What do you like about his game? Where could he go? Uh, ball hawking guy. Uh, you know, he's 28. You know, he's uh, hitting the free agent market older than most guys, but like you said, he was a free agent. Uh, the last two years, actually, he's been playing real good football. Nine interceptions, uh, seven PBUs the last two seasons. He's been yeah. able to implement himself in that starting lineup, and he wasn't looking back. A uh, quality guy tackling as well. I think when you look at Anthony Harris, I don't see him returning to Minnesota because they're already paying top dollar uh, uh, to Harrison Smith, who also plays the safety position, uh, one of the best defensive players on that team. So it's going to be very, very difficult to pay Anthony Harris the money he's looking to receive and then continue to pay Harrison Smith. I don't know if they will be willing to use a franchise tag. I'm going with the notion they would not. So I think Anthony Harris will be looking elsewhere. I don't see him leaving the NFC, though, Will. Uh, two teams that I like uh, that would love to have his services would be the Carolina Panthers mm. and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, two teams in the NFC South, two teams that had some issues in the back end, especially at the safety positions. Uh, with Carolina, I think Carolina would be ideal um, because their safeties were, were – they, they play with bad eyes. We saw bad angles. We saw bad eyes from the from their safeties a year ago. And the thing about Anthony Harris that I love, I just mentioned, you can either line him up in the post. He's the ultimate traffic cop. He's ba- he's able to communicate, get guys to line up. But he's not a liability in the box, being able to tackle and cover tight ends. And they need to find a way to get a guy that can do it all. I know they had Eric Reed, But when you think about Eric Reed, he's more of a guy that needs to be around the box. So if you have Eric Reed, if you have Harris, now you can keep Harris in the post. And then from time to time, if you want to give the office a different look, he can go up and play a box like safety and you don't lose any production. I think Tampa Bay would be ideal, too. I don't know if Tampa would be willing to spend the money. I know one thing they're looking to find out what they're going to do at the quarterback position. And mm-hmm. that could take some time for Tampa. So therefore, other teams could really, you know, become more attractive to Anthony Harris. And I think Carolina would be one. All right, number three, Byron Jones. I think that's a good call in Carolina. Uh, and it'd be interesting to see, too, the uh, Ron Rivera's regime and when Dave Gettleman was there, too. They never were invested in secondary guys. You mentioned earlier how they rescinded the tag on Josh Norman. They always sort of tossed, you know, it was like Trey Boston or, you know, various veterans. They would toss veterans back there. They would try and win with the defensive line. I'll be curious to see if Matt Rule maybe you know, operates in a different way and attacks the defensive back position byron jones your number three uh guy on there the former dallas cowboys cornerback slash safety came in out of connecticut remember he set the mm-hmm. broad jump was it the broad jump or the vertical jump i, I think, think it was, it was broad- a, i think it was a broad yeah his broad was like a buck 28 or something something obscene uh he set that record at the combine been to one pro bowl 27th overall pick in the 2015 nfl draft um, what, uh, what do you like about his game? And where does he, he's going to get paid this offseason. Yes, he is. He's going to get paid. The thing I like about Byron Jones, the versatility, once a safety converted to cornerback and played pretty well, I think the ceiling is still high because he only played two years at the cornerback position at the highest level and he wasn't a liability. So I think he will continue to grow with the experience. Uh, the thing that he needs to work on 
is creating turnovers. Uh, didn't have one interception a year ago. Uh, six PBUs. He didn't get his hands on a lot of passes, but he's always where he needs to be. He's a disciplined uh, football player. He tackles well because he's a former safety, but he also understands the game very, very well. And I don't see Byron Jones leaving the NFC East. You know where Byron Jones will be going? The New York Giants. Ooh. The New York football Giants. You know, I talked about it earlier, and, you know, listeners, you guys could uh, 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 attest to this. You don't usually see teams uh, – you don't see some players leave their visions. You know, when, when players – have played in the division for quite some time. They're usually a team that's looking to acquire their services within the division. And the Giants just lost Janoris Jenkins. Uh, they need to add some veteran cornerback production. Uh, right now they got DeAndre Baker, a guy that has potential, but he had a, a up-and-down rookie year. Sam Beal, another young guy. You don't want to go into the season 2020 with higher expectations than what you had last year with two young cornerbacks i think adding byron jones creates competition it creates an opportunity to have a number one corner in a division where you're going to see nice wide receiver play you need to have a number one guy so right now they don't have a number one guy on their roster uh the giants know exactly what byron jones can do he they played against him twice his entire career i don't see byron jones leaving the leaving the nfc east the giants would be the football giants would be an ideal destination yeah, and yeah, you know, again, you want to, we talk about pairing veterans with younger players. Uh, you could do that with DeAndre Baker. The other landing spot, we can't do it, can't mention Byron Jones' name, or else Debo will uh, activate the electroshock therapy if I don't point out that the Eagles could be another landing spot in the NFC East. They certainly need cornerback help if Howie Roseman is willing to spin on the position. Your number two guy, Justin Simmons, Woo. formerly, formerly of the Denver, well, I mean, he could still be the Denver Broncos. I think he's actually a, um, and he, he definitely qualifies for the list, but he's so good. I almost feel like John Elway said at the combine that they plan on franchise tagging him, which, which means his likely destination is Denver, but it's a smart move by them, right? Yeah. He's not going anywhere. They, they would like to sign him, but his asking price could be high and deserving. So he's been a baller, second team all pro a year ago, only 26. I mean, four interceptions, 15 PBUs, 94 tackles. Uh, ball hawking safety tackling machine in four years will he's had 11 interceptions 28 pbus and 58 games played you're talking about consistency he's been one more one of the more consistent players on that team the last four years the only player that might have been more consistent than justin simmons is von miller wow on the denver broncos think about that yeah and and by the way with the safety thing like I think Vic Fangio's system sort of you like to have that that ball hawking guy on the back end who can, you know, when they create, you know, when he disguises the the coverages in that in those zone concepts, who can fly in and snare something when the quarterback makes a misread and makes a mistake. And so you really just can't let that guy walk. The, in fact, the highest paid guy at the safety position right now, Vic Fangio's old safety, Eddie Jackson. Uh, mm -hmm. Who is making fourteen point six million dollars a year? If you're Justin Simmons, you, mm. you're you're asking for fifteen a year, right? No question. I mean, yeah. dude, you look at some of the elite safeties in the game right now. Eddie Jackson's a guy you can talk about. Tyron Matthew, um, Earl Thomas, they all have a the dynamic ability to be quality cover men and great tacklers. Justin Simmons, he's right up there with those guys. The issue with Justin Simmons is that the Broncos. The last few years haven't been good. So a lot of people are not really 
watching the Broncos. They're not on their radar. But Justin Simmons is a guy. That's why he's number two on my list as far as potential free agents that's going to see a huge payday. It's actually a shame that, like, Chris Harris, they can't pay Chris Harris, too, because the like it, the, the Broncos' defense, I mean, look, it's it's not going to be as good next year. They still have some key pieces, but, um, you know, I mean, it just, yeah. You, you wish you could see that Broncos' defense operate at full strength. All right, your number one guy. A guy that probably should have been paid last offseason because now he's going to leave and get real paid, but he's uh, playing for the former drafted by the Carolina Panthers, uh, James Bradbury. Hard to imagine that a team that's rebuilding like Carolina is is going to shell out a ton of money for Bradbury. Yeah, he's gone. They, yeah, he's gone. Right, I think he's going to hit free agency and he's going to make a ton of money. What do you love about his game? Where do you see him going? Uh, potential. I think the best is yet to come for James Bad, uh, Bradbury. Six um, one, big rangy lengthy guy can run uh we saw some inconsistencies from his game but we saw that throughout the carolina panthers defense but one thing i can say about james bradbury in the nfc south he played against some of the best wide receivers Mm -hmm. you could think of julio jones uh michael thomas michael thomas godwin chris godwin he's been battle tested so if his tape is not as hot as you would like for it to be he has a legit reason. <laughs> there are not a lot of corners that can stand the test of time in that division against those wide receivers we just named. So I think the best is yet to come, especially with the big play ability he has. Because the big moments he's been involved in, Will, you can't coach that, you can't teach that, you only get that through experience. And every time he stepped on the field against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, against Atlanta, against New Orleans, because of the matchups, it was a big game. It was a big game for him. Uh, 12 PBUs a year ago, three interceptions, just under 60 tackles. Uh, he's only 26. That's another thing I love about Bradbury, the ability to yep. develop, to be a savvy, experienced guy is right in front of him. Two teams I think were definitely they're going to be aggressive for his services. Number one, the New York Jets. We talked about losing Tremaine Johnson, trying to find an ideal number one corner. I think the Jets are going to be heavy at the cornerback market, you know, trying to find a guy. We talked about Chris Harris uh, uh, could be a player that they could be trying to target as well. But the Jets, they're willing to spend that money that uh, Bradbury is looking to get. I think anywhere between 15 to 16 million per year. That's his uh, a target point. I think the Jets, but I think the Jets will lose out to the Washington Redskins. Ooh. And the reason why I say Washington, they have a new head man in charge, Riverboat Ron. And you know who drafted Bradbury in Carolina? Riverboat Ron. No question. They just let go. And I know they experienced the experiment with the old Carolina Panther corner and Josh Norman didn't go as planned. But I think Riverboat Ron respects Bradbury. He's a guy that's a disciplined guy. He's a tackling guy. He's an all-around type of corner. And they need to find out who their number one corner is. And I think that would be the ideal destination. I talked earlier about, you know, being able to go into a familiar situation, right? You know Bradbury understands what Riverboat Ron likes to do, how he goes about his business. And the same could be said for Coach Ron and James Bradbury is a player. So the Washington Redskins could be in place to go out and spend a lot of money for James Bradbury. And just to add on to your point about James Bradbury and who he had to play last year, the Panthers also played the Houston Texans, so DeAndre Hopkins, and uh, the Green Bay Packers, both on the road. So Devontae Adams. So if you take eight of his games, and I, I don't think he's shattered them 100% of the time, but he was on these the top guys I, I, I'm going to throw out 75% blindly. I think it was really high. Like if you watch the tape, he just, he just covered him a lot. 
Julio Jones twice, Mike Evans twice, Michael Thomas twice, DeAndre Hopkins, and, and Devontae Devonta, Adams. Yeah. Like, you can't breathe if you're James Bradbury. <laughs> like, you're just like, you're like, all right, go, oh, man, made it through that week with against Julio. Like, okay, who's up next? It's like, oh, really? Michael Thomas. Okay, cool. All right, who's up? It's like, I mean, in fact, he had Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, and Michael Thomas in back-to-back weeks. Back-to-back-to-back weeks. Screw that. That's hard work, man. Yeah. And see, the thing, like you said, well, even if he was not called to follow those guys, he's seen them in coverage at least 50% of the snaps. Yeah, for sure. And Which I'm, is a I'm, headache. Yeah. I'm, I, again, I'm blindly throwing out that 75% number, so don't don't go with that. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna, actually, I know I tease the edge rushers. We're actually short on time, so we're going to jump straight to the linebackers and touch on them uh, really quickly. Let me know if anybody pops out as a name for you. Uh, first of all, uh, it's likely that Bud Dupree, Matthew Judon, who are technically linebackers, but edge guys, we'll discuss them with Pete Prisco uh, during tomorrow's show. Um, they're likely going to be tagged. But Blake Martinez, Jamie Collins, Kyle Van Noy, Joe Schubert, and Corey Littleton. It's not the linebacker class, like the, uh, you know, the middle linebacker off ball. It's, it's just not, it's not like it, it, it's sort of a devalued position in the 2020 NFL in the first place. And it's just not a, a, a eye popping class per se. Yeah, based on the names, but one name I tell you that probably will see some new money is Blake Martinez. Mm. Uh, Blake Martinez is a tackling machine. Yeah, he's he a, he's like that unsung hero for the Packers defense. You know, Mike Pettin loves to incorporate Blake Martinez, not just in the blitz concept, but also in the passing game. He's a quality three-down inside linebacker, so he fits that ideal 3-4 scheme there in Green Bay well. I don't think he will leave. I think worst case scenario, they maybe would consider franchising him. But mm. I think Blake Martinez, Blake, the names you mentioned, uh, Blake Martinez is a guy that he tackles everything, everything. Yep. Uh, Calvin Noy is just interesting just to note because, uh, typically speaking, I think in the last 15 years, a guy like Calvin Noy would not be paid a lot in the open market because he's, uh, sort of a, uh, a different, like the Patriots use him in a different way than most teams have traditionally used a linebacker. But because of the infiltration of the Patriots to various front offices, whether it's Tennessee or Detroit uh, or Houston, like you can see Calvin Noy having a pretty good market, in my opinion. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I agree with you. All right, B Mac, this is an awesome discussion on defensive backs and uh, and free agency, you know, buddy. That's, it's, that's uh, the most it's the most important unit, you know what I mean? But <laughs> you know, I, I can't be biased. There's other good units, and just let me know whenever you want to chop it up again about defensive backs. We can do this every day, but if you want to go ahead and get my thoughts about some other guys, well, I'm be back. I hope to talk to you every week for the rest of time. That means yeah. we both have jobs. We're both getting paid. We both have jobs, and it's no fun. question. And hopefully, the next time we talk, we find some type of resolution for this uh, coronavirus. Yeah, let's hope the CBA is taken care of, and the coronavirus. More importantly, the coronavirus is taken care of. BMAC, always a pleasure, buddy. Yes, sir. Baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.